Welcome to A Friend of Mine, a series of conversations with some incredible and inspiring women in business from regional and rural Australia. I'm Kimberly Finesse, your host and the founder and editor of Oak Magazine, and I cannot wait to introduce you to some amazing female entrepreneurs who will share with you their experience and knowledge of what it takes to start, grow and scale a successful business. So let me introduce you to a friend of mine. Nicole Gleason is quite simply a healthcare hero. When she isn't working as a clinical nurse specialist at a large tertiary hospital in Melbourne, Nicole is disrupting the first aid training scene through her business, Rhythm First Aid. Nicole is determined that your postcode should not define the level of first aid training or access to resources you receive. Since 2018, Rhythm First Aid has been providing families and businesses in rural and regional Victoria with first aid training. Nicole shares with us her pathway into nursing and the catalyst to her launching Rhythm First Aid, transitioning from co-founder to sole director, the impact of COVID on her business, and most importantly, some first aid tips that might just help you save a life one day. Meet my friend Nicole from Rhythm First Aid. Hello, Nicole, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Kimberly. Thanks for having me on today. You're so welcome. You are a healthcare hero in every sense of the word. Now, this last 18 months must have been incredibly difficult. Um, so I just actually want to pause and, and ask, how are you? How are you coping with everything? Oh, thank you. Um, I'm not too sure about the word hero. Um, I certainly don't feel like a hero, but yes, I am a healthcare professional. Um, and I'm actually really good at the moment. It depends on the day that you ask me or the time or what's happening around the state and in the community. Um, but at the moment, I'm really good. I'm feeling very optimistic and very positive about the outlook and how things will continue the trajectory to the end of the year. Yeah, because you work in, you know, one of the most popular hospitals in Melbourne. Yep. Uh, you live in country Victoria as well. Uh, mm -hmm. What is it that drew you to a career in healthcare? Um, great question. Um, my mum was a nurse, so I'm a registered nurse. And when people used to always ask me, you know, Nicole, what will you do when you grow up or what do you want to do when you finish school? People would always say, you know, do you want to, will you follow in your mum's footsteps to be a nurse? And I always thought, no way, <laughs> absolutely not. Um, when I saw blood, I thought, you know, not for me, yuck. <laughs> um, and then I finished school, wasn't entirely sure what I wanted to do, knew that I wanted to be in the field of healthcare, whether that be uh, nursing or something in relation to people and, um, yeah, helping people, I guess. Um, and then so I studied a double degree of nursing and psychology. Despite studying nursing at uni, I still wasn't 100% sure if I wanted to become a nurse, um, but I thought it would be easy to, you know, once I was at university, see what subjects I liked and then transfer as appropriate. And then I had a one of my clinical nursing placements was at a paediatric ward so a kid's ward at a large regional hospital and I just loved it and I thought, this is me, this is exactly what I want to do. And so that's what's led me to my career as a paediatric nurse. 
Wow. And how long have you been doing this for then? So I have been a nurse for eight years now um, and, yeah, loving it. It's such an amazing career, the way that the, the amount of opportunities and, yeah, it's you can work casually, you can work full-time, you can work part-time, the different uh, areas that you can go into as a nurse is yeah, it's amazing. So it's such a great career. It's actually quite flexible really, isn't it? Oh, completely. I've worked a bit as a school nurse and so that's school hours. Um, you know, you can work. I, The place that I work is shift work. So lots of shift work. You can up your hours. You can, you know, decrease your hours as needed. It's It's incredibly flexible, yes. And I suppose this is maybe what's given you that opportunity to start your own business, which is Rhythm First Aid. Uh, could you tell me a little bit about like what was the catalyst to starting your business um, and, and how did you go about it? How did this all come about? Yeah, so I guess in answer to the first part of the question, because nursing is so flexible, I work 12-hour shifts and so working full-time and working 12-hour shifts is only working 13 days a month. So you do have a lot of days off um, and a lot of time to do whatever you would like in that time. And so for me, I started Rhythm First Aid. So Rhythm First Aid is a first aid training company um, that is based in regional Victoria and we service regional and rural areas. So I guess as my, with my experience working you know, within a large trauma centre, seeing the difference between children that present that are from regional and rural areas versus those that present from metropolitan areas sometimes absolutely not always but sometimes the lack of resources or the longer ambulance wait times can have impact on the care that that patient receives and I just saw that there was such a huge um gap you know I wanted to ensure that this training and education was accessible and available to everyone so why should your postcode define the level of training or the resources or education that you receive and I guess being from a farm being from a rural area I yeah this is just something that I really felt like I could improve in this space pair with my knowledge of uh, working in the healthcare sector and being from that rural area to try and bridge that gap across regional and rural Victoria. It's amazing. And that was 2018, was it, when you started out? Yes. I'd had the idea for many years prior to that, um, but, yeah, it took a little while to gain the, the courage to commence the business, I guess. Yeah. Mm. Any cheerleaders around you that helped you with that? Oh, absolutely. I've, I feel like I have cheerleaders in every day of my life. Um, the business, I started with a school friend. So she was, well, she is a paramedic. And we started the business uh, together, which was awesome and great experience. Um, and then about 12 months ago, she stepped away from the business. So it's just myself now running the business. And on a day-to-day basis, I have multiple conversations with friends and cheerleaders that help support the business and you know think of ideas and provide opportunities it's I'm very grateful 
Yeah. Well, talking about having a co-founder, what it's, what has it been like then going from, you know, a duo to having to run everything by yourself? Because I could imagine having sort of a partner, you can really bounce off each other. But then at the same time, you know, obviously running your own show has its advantages as well. Like how have you transitioned from partnership to sole director? Yeah, so they both, as you said, having a duo and being on your own, there's definitely advantages and disadvantages of both. The thing that's probably the most challenging, as you mentioned, is not having that person to bounce ideas off and just backing yourself and, you know, giving it your all, giving it 110% or, you know, bouncing things off um, your, your family and friends. Um, both are challenging. Both have been awesome opportunities, but it's great to um, to have such great support around me to, to help with that process of being a, a sole director or a sole owner of a business. Yeah. And in the last 12 months, have you really seen Rhythm First Aid take off a lot more, um, you know, just being on your own? Like have you had a little bit more drive behind you to, to get it up and, and I suppose fulfil a vision of what you have for it? Yeah, I think so. And my vision is quite large. Um, and so it definitely has grown and increased over the past year. I think a lot of that is to do with the timing as well. Over the last three years, um, we've, you know, built up the credibility and people are starting to get to know or be familiar with the brand and the business. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely grown. This year has absolutely been the strongest by far. Uh, I think there's a lot of different uh, elements that have worked towards that. One of the things that I love about Rhythm First Aid that just like caught my eye straight off the bat was the first aid kits. I mean, not only are they gorgeous looking, but they are just one of those things that as a mum of four, I know you need in the house. Uh, did you want to tell me a little bit about like when did that product come into your to your offerings and why is it so popular? Yeah, so the first aid kits are one year old now that I think about it, next month in a few days. So um, woohoo, happy first birthday to the first aid kits. Essentially what I have done is I have sourced all of the most popular and the essential and the required items that you need in a first aid kit and house them, brought them all together and house them in a beautiful timber box. So parents were often asking myself at um, work at the hospital and at first aid courses, you know, Nicole, what do I need in a first aid kit? What are the non-negotiables? Um, I've got nothing. Like I've got a couple of random band-aids under the bathroom sink. Now that I have a child, I feel like I need to be a little bit more organised. Um, so we... Uh, sourced a wonderful um, manufacturer, I guess. So the people that make the timber boxes are local in Bendigo and they are fantastic. They've helped me develop the the size and the way that the timber boxes work. And I have used as many local businesses as possible and we've created these family first aid kits, which look lovely um but they are also incredibly functional and are very popular as a parental leave gift um and to people buying for themselves as they expand their family yeah exactly and you also i mean you've made them aesthetically beautiful as well like i mean this is something that you could have out on display really and you've done this beautiful thing with the straps made them 
personalized, like, you know, you'd have um, Smith family or, or something like that. I love how you're bringing in some creativity with your business as well in that sense. Yeah, thank you. Um, we are pretty proud of the first aid kits, definitely something, you know, a lot of blood, sweat and tears has gone into developing and designing the kits. Um, but we, I wanted something that was sustainable, locally made, that looked really good and the option to have the leather on top personalised I thought was a great point of difference. You know, everyone loves something too personalised. It looks great. Most first aid kits are, you know, quite um, I was going to say ugly, but yeah, they probably are. Um, it's nice to have something, you know, it's got an awesome kids ice pack in there, kids band-aids, it's got the thermometer, it's got, you know, a wound spray, it's got strips. everything that you'll need is in there. And then things that aren't safe to use on children, for example, you should not use burn creams on children. So we've taken that out. We've got a first aid, there's a guide that's in there, a contents list. Um, yeah, we're pretty proud of them and they're going really well and some um not only are we selling them online to individuals but we've also had we've reached out and some corporations have reached out to us as well where you know we have the ability for the timber to be co-branded we can put whatever we like on the timber and whatever we like on the leather because you know these supplies are local to central victoria um and so that gives us a really great point of difference i think as well Absolutely. I mean, we're coming into Christmas. Like mm. if you are a large organization or you work for one that's listening to this, go to your marketing department, go to your HR department, your CEO, whatever it takes to um, scrap the Christmas pudding and actually get functional gifts for goodness sake. I tell you, I have a cheese board um, and wine glasses and all these I suppose, useless items um, that have my former corporate work logos on them that I'm never going to use. But my gosh, if someone had given me a first aid kit like this, um, yeah, it would have just been the best present ever. And I would have to say, like even your courses, Nicole, um, and, and what you provide, I really would, like personally, I would love to see baby showers um, just changed into something like what you're offering. Yeah, so infant and child first aid courses. And sometimes we've actually done that a couple of times where someone's uh, hosted a baby shower, um, but we've actually run an infant and child first aid course sort of in the morning and then it's turned into the baby shower in the afternoon. So it's been really fantastic because people that are, um, you know, the friends and the family of the expectant parent are attending the baby shower anyway and they're thinking well hey if you're going to be spending time around my baby or you know your own babies or your nieces and nephews whoever that may be it's quite important that you know what to do if your child was choking or my child had a burn or something like that so it is um and again the good thing about the courses is that they are very flexible in where we deliver them whether that be at our public courses or our private courses or infant and child in home in baby shower or if it's you know, in a workplace, a workplace puts out an EOI and says to our parents, hey, you know what, we really value health and safety. Let's let's make sure that, you know, you know what to do and how to manage emergencies in the home as well. Absolutely. I'm just trying to think back to when I might have last um, done some CPR training. And I honestly believe it was year seven or eight at high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was such a joke. Like, you know what I mean? At that <laughs> yeah. age, you, you know, you've got... It's- Exactly. None of us. I know. And now I'm like, oh, I mean, my husband has done a number of first aids through Mm. obviously being a school teacher and and swimming um, 
but yeah, I just think, oh, I, it's sort of a skill that I know I need and that I'm lacking. So um, yeah. yeah, I like that yours, you know, I can either go to such a personalized small group workshop and feel really comfortable mm-hmm. or, you know, get a group of friends together and, and you'd come yeah. to us and, and do something. Yeah, and that's something we strive to achieve as well. I've had, you know, a lot of feedback, people saying, you know, going to first aid courses, someone said to me once, it's like riding a wheel, you know, you shouldn't you need to do it you know it's important but you just keep putting it off um and when they attended the first aid course they thought oh wow this is actually fun and nice and warm and inviting and that's something that we strive to do you know we want people to feel comfortable we don't want you to feel awkward you know sitting in a town hall or in a sort of a sterile environment not that all town halls are sterile environments but you know no, that traditional know first aid course yeah. might be a bit awkward or uncomfortable whereas you know we try to provide a a more welcoming, warm environment where people ask questions or tell a story and, you know, we have a bit of a laugh and a joke along the way. Yeah. I mean, even just off your Instagram post, Nicole, like I've even learnt a few things in terms of songs and beats per minute and, like, (laughs) I'm amazed by the knowledge that I'm retaining. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And look, I must admit, like, you know, I, I don't know about anyone else, but if you have more than one kid sometimes, there's always one that's accident prone. Um, it's our second born, just hard at everything that he does. And yeah, I mean, <laughs> Steri strips yeah, are absolutely. a lifesaver. Yeah, they get a they send to get a, a workout on most first aid kids. And a lot of times, actually, I mean, we service a lot of farmers and rural and regional areas. And you know, people actually message me and say, "Look, I bought this first aid um, kit with the intention of having it for my child, but the first three people that have used it have been." myself and you know my husband and um you know his dad have used stereo strips or um yeah different things as well so it really is for the whole family absolutely do you have any success stories or uh, stories of where you know the the knowledge that people have learned so those skills and and that from your course has been able to be applied to a real life situation yes quite a few actually and it's incredibly rewarding the work that we do and the reason why it's so rewarding is because I receive messages or phone calls or photos from people saying you know oh my goodness I'm so glad that I did your course x y and z happened um if I didn't know what to do you know I'd hate to think of what happened um common things that I receive messages about would be choking and babies and young toddlers saying, you know, last night at dinner, my baby or my child choked, their airway was completely blocked. Thanks to your course, I knew what to do. I knew to stay calm, take them out of their high chair and start doing five back blows and five chest thrusts. The item, you know, was dislodged and baby's okay. You know, I'm completely traumatized from it, but I'm just so grateful that I was educated in infant child first aid and, you know, knew what to do. Wow, that does sound rewarding. So rewarding, yeah. so important. You yeah. have a business that is making a positive impact, Nicole. Um, yeah. yeah, I've got goosebumps. Um, yeah. Now, COVID can't avoid it, no matter what industry yeah. you are in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How? What's the impact been like on your business? Yeah, so it's definitely been a, a roller coaster, the same as every single person. Um, initially it was all right. I thought, oh gosh, I can catch my tail here a little bit, you know, trying to improve a few things from the back end, um, you know, with help roll out an online store with the administration. Um, but then it became incredibly mundane with the rescheduling of the courses, you know, postponing, but then we'd be rescheduling courses into two months 
but that was already booked out because we already had a hangover from the past lockdown. And it just became really, really challenging to continue to book in these courses um, in an already tight schedule where I still work part-time at the hospital, so trying to juggle my hospital shifts as well. Um, so that was that was very challenging. Um, and I think that in terms of the health and safety of people, I think there was there was obviously a reduction in a lot of face-to-face consults. You know, there was a surgery that was postponed. Um, I think, you know, we all know of a case or two where there's been a misdiagnosis um, because, you know, that face-to-face consult wasn't available and some people were really hesitant to seek help because they didn't want to put additional pressure on the healthcare system or they were, you know, afraid to attend an emergency department because of COVID. Um, so, yeah, there definitely has been, you know, some disadvantages, I guess, <laughs> um, but at the same time all completely necessary to ensure that the healthcare system was able to manage and wasn't completely overloaded, you know, and as a positive outcome, everyone's great at hand hygiene now. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think my boys can attest to that, even yeah. just learning to wash their hands after the toilet. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, you've already given me actually a couple of tips as we've had this conversation, but I thought we might actually hone in on a few, if that's okay, like maybe some summer related stuff. Um, the first one for me that comes to mind is snakes. Could you give us some tips about um, how to deal with a snake bite? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, great timing coming up to summer. I've actually seen a few snakes around the farm Ugh. already this year. <laughs> I'm sure that some people's um, skin will be, you know, crawling. Um, so, First and foremost, try not to get bitten by snakes. So try and make sure you're wearing clothes, shoes, never walk through long grass um, because it can be hard to see the snakes. But if you were to be bitten by a snake, make sure that you stay still. And so staying still is incredibly important. And the reason why it's so important is because when you're bitten by a snake, when the venom enters the body, so the snake bites you and the venom goes into your lymphatic system. And so it's a common myth or people think that the venom is injected into the bloodstream, but that's incorrect. So it goes into the lymphatic system. And your lymphatic fluid only moves around your body when you move. When you move around your muscles, the lymphatic fluid moves around. So if you remain really, really still, the spread of the venom is really reduced. And then by applying the snake bite first aid, which is a crate bandage over and over and over and over around the bite site, and then applying a pressure mobilization bandage or a compression bandage, um, from the extremity all the way in. So if you're bitten by on your ankle, which is commonly where we see snake bites, you would start at your ankle with this really tight bandage and bandage all the way up towards your hip. And then the number one important thing, like I said, is to remain still. Put the snake bite bandage on so the leg's under pressure and then immobilise to so keep the leg really still and calling for help. Mm, well, I hope <laughs> I don't have to use that one. No. Snakes. I hope not yeah, either. I've just, I've got a thing. I don't like them. <laughs> That's the nicest way I can say it. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other one I was thinking camping, mm. you know, we're all yeah. moving around a little bit more, which is yeah. fantastic. Quickly. 
Yeah. Uh, I know, hopefully. I mean, we're here in Vic, aren't we? Yes. Um, everything <laughs> opens up this weekend for Metro mm. coming into yeah. regional. I think lots of people will do that camping thing, get out back into nature, especially if you've lived in Metro um, and been in lockdown. I mean, you're probably just craving fresh air and wide open spaces. Burns. I mean, you know, they happen near the campfires or even at home, you know, that that accidental grabbing something off the stove or grabbing something that's hot. Um, what's the best way to deal with a burn? Yeah, so all types of burns, whether that's a scald or hot water or a flame burn, contact burn, whatever it may be, the, the first aid management for a burn is running that burn under cool running water for 20 minutes. So the water doesn't need to be freezing cold definitely needs to be cool and that running the burn under 20 minutes of water is incredibly important so that actually stops the burns process and that's what provides the skin with the best possible outcome yep so 20 minutes is the key number though yes yeah has to be so there's no benefit in doing any more than 20 minutes but you absolutely need to to do 20 minutes so if it was a really severe burn you'd be calling an ambulance but you may as well start your 20 minutes of cooling at Mm. home um, whilst the ambulance is on the way. Yep. And in terms of old wives' tales, we're not listening to Nan tell us to put butter on it or anything like that. Oh, hilarious. It comes up in courses all the time. It's such an old wives' tale. Butter on burns. Definitely no butter on burns. You know, I've seen in my experience um, patients or people that have put toothpaste on burns, egg whites, milk, <laughs> um, such random things. And so you should never even put ice on burns either. That can cause more damage just cool running water for 20 minutes the only time you should ever consider using a burn gel or a burn cream is if there's no access to running water but most places where you were where you are you could have running water whether you know if you're camping that could be a garden hose or something like that yeah and last one if you have a drowning um or you have pulled someone out of the water what do you do you know, is it CPR? What does that look like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so for drowning, in all first aid situations, you should follow something called doctors A, B, C, D. So where you're checking for dangers, checking for a response, you're sending for help, you're yelling out to people, you're calling triple zero, checking the airway, checking if they're breathing, and then the C is commencing CPR. So someone that's pulled out of water, so lots of people when they think about drowning, Think about the ocean or pools or lakes or rivers, but keeping in mind that a child could drown in a few centimetres of water. So that could be in buckets in backyards. Please make sure you never have buckets, you know, in the upright. Always make sure buckets are tipped down because they are a a drowning hazard. You know, dams, troughs, ponds, like bird baths, they're all drowning hazards. Um, But what you would do is you absolutely call triple zero and you would need to start CPR. So you could give two rescue breaths, like mouth-to-mouth breaths, if you knew the person or you felt comfortable to do that. Otherwise, you could be performing compressions, so pushing down hard and fast on the chest, a third of the chest wall down, compressing at 120 times per minute or to the song of Baby Shark. <laughs> to the, um, we all know that song. Baby Shark, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> Hope I haven't put it in your head for the rest of the day. Um, but, yeah, to Baby Shark, calling triple zero. Um, if there's a defibrillator available, you'd be retrieving that and popping it on. Yeah. Now I know that everyone's listening to this via audio and if even then you're like, oh, that's really good tips but I'm still not sure what Nicole's talking about, this is that 
that little push for you to book in a course and and have the hands-on experience and understand exactly what beats per minute, how hard to compress, where, mm-hmm. all of that. So um, yeah. Rhythm First yeah. Aid people, yeah. there's a website, there's Insta, there's Facebook. You will find it, Google, amazing, book it in. It's a great Christmas present if you've got Chris it Kringle yeah, for your family. Vouchers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It is a good and it's something that then – like you're saying, a lot of people just need that sort of push or that that reminder. And, you know, from my experience of working in the hospital and, you know, being in the community as well, you know, it is incredibly important that you know what to do and that you can act in a calm, appropriate manner with those first aid knowledge and skills in these emergency situations. Yeah. What excites you about the future of Rhythm First Aid? Uh, Everything, every element, I guess. Um, as we've sort of touched on, you know, the measurable impact that we're having on the community and the feedback that I receive, sometimes I might receive a couple a week or sometimes I might receive two messages in a day and then maybe not for a bit, a little bit longer, but you know, the, we are improving the health, out, health outcomes of people and, you know, people are using their knowledge and skills to literally save a life. So this is in, incredibly motivating. So the, the growth of the courses is incredibly exciting. We've recently released um, primary school programs, which has been super fun. Um, so heading around to primary schools and teaching those students about, you know, the importance of um, what to do if you can't wake up mum or dad or what to do if you get bitten by a snake, the importance of children knowing their address. So lots of people, uh, lots of younger children actually don't know their address. So make sure that younger children know the house number, the street number and the town and the suburb. So it's been really fun delivering those primary school programs. We have secondary school programs. We have corporate programs. So from a courses perspective, it's, yeah, there's a lot on the, um, on my radar, I guess, that we're, we continue to working on next year. And then from a products and first aid kits perspective, um, you know, we've, we've come really far, but there's still, a lot of work, a lot of collaborations in that space and we're very excited to continue to equip, you know, our friends and communities and Australians for safer futures and to really simply save lives and increase the, the health outcomes of, you know, your loved ones, your friends, your neighbours, your colleagues. Absolutely. Look, one thing we haven't um, spoken about at all in this podcast, and it and actually has been deliberate on my behalf, um, I actually wanted to get the insights from you, Nicole, on how to you know, as you said, improve health outcomes for, you know, for our loved ones, our friends and our community. Like we didn't really talk about your business. So I just want to tell people, have a look at Nicole's website, sign up to her emails, follow her on Instagram, and you will just see this beautifully branded business where everything flows. Um, your colors are consistent across the board. Your messaging is consistent. Um, I mean, I, I received your email, I think this morning, one of your campaigns, and even that is beautiful in itself and really easy to to move my way down um, from the start to the finish. Do you know what I mean? They're little bite-sized bits of information, not big slabs of text. Um, and that's what you want. You want people to stay there for a little bit and then obviously head off into something else. One question I will ask you before we do wrap up, um, media. You've had some great media coverage. Uh, you've been on Auction Plus. You're on Seven News, I think, a couple of weeks ago, wearing a gorgeous shirt. Um, yes. So hard. The girls yeah, that we both have. It's so, yeah. so nice. Yes. I bought that shirt because um, I saw you wearing it and I said, where is that from? I need it. And you told me and I, I literally bought We're in lockdown. I literally bought it straight away. 
Yeah, well, influencer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I love mine. And yeah, um, I think it looks gorgeous, Nicole. I loved it when I saw it. Back to topic. Yeah. <laughs> How did you get that media coverage, that brilliant media coverage? And have you been able to leverage it as well? Um, so the media has all been um, completely unrelated. So the Auctions Plus article was through Buy From The Bush. So our first aid kits are a bush product. So they're, um, you know, we're a bush business. So they're listed on Buy From The Bush. And Buy From The Bush is an incredible platform and marketplace. I'm sure that most listeners are familiar with Buy From The Bush. But they're actually, Buy From The Bush is a, a group of female cheerleaders that are cheering on these small businesses. And they um, assisted and they essentially um, helped with that article for auctions plus um and then in regards to some of the other media that we've had so the channel seven that was very random the way that that came about that was actually via instagram and a reporter had um posted on an instagram story saying asking if any um small businesses had been affected by the australia post delays and i replied and i said oh my god yes we have i was wondering what's happening because i'd been tracking like i stalk all of our parcels to make sure that they're all delivered and I'd been tracking that one of the parcels um, was Instinct in Sunshine. It had been there for three weeks. Um, and then they another reporter called me like 10 minutes later was like, can you know, can you do a, a Zoom interview in like half an hour? I was like, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Quickly had eye my shirt, put my shirt on, do my hair. Um, so that was through Instagram. And it's just, yeah, by, you know, there's a lot of people out there that really want to help support local businesses and small businesses and I think more now than ever everyone's understanding the importance of supporting these local and small businesses so just you know take every opportunity and you know I was obviously incredibly nervous to be on the news it was my first time but I thought I'm not ready I don't know what to say um but yeah just just go for it it did and it looks great you had great branding like you had your boxes set up in the background which was fantastic mm. um your background wasn't busy either I think that was a great thing you know very minimalist which is what you need so that people can focus on yes. you and that product yes. look you had yes. a couple of oak mags in the back I, I think do. that's really really good placement <laughs> thank you I actually had to call my sister-in-law I was like you know oh my gosh I need help she's like what's wrong I said nothing's wrong I just I need to set up this shot you know this zoom interview um and then the oak magazines were just sitting there I was like perfect we'll sit down there like you said not too busy perfect and you know what I loved when I posted a photo on our Instagram saying you know keep an eye out for 6 p.m news tonight um you could just see the oak magazine and you replied straight away saying love the oak or whatever hey just eagle eyes with the product. I can spot yeah. an oak anywhere in the background of anything. Um, yeah. My best ones is when, uh, say, like a, a beauty place or something like that will put mm. up a photo of their waiting room. I'm like, oh, my God, there's an oak on yeah. the, you know, the coffee table. And, yeah, yeah. they're just those well, moments of joy, aren't they? I mean, you'll absolutely. never be big enough to not appreciate those moments of seeing your product in someone's oh. home or yeah, definitely. And particularly when you've got such a beautiful product like Oak, I mean, it looks good everywhere. So no matter why, you know, you're, you're spotting it in the background of um, different shots or yeah, on social media, because people put it there because it looks good. It's a bit of oh, it's come together well. well, thankfully. Yeah, yeah we've got there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, uh, to wrap us up, uh, yeah. could you please tell us about a friend of yours that we all need to know about? 
Okay, so the first friend of mine that you should all know about is Sammy Veal. So Sammy is a yogi and she's also an artist as well. Um, Sammy has her own um, delightful oil paintings called Veal Art, V-E-A-L-L, Art. We have some of her art proudly hanging in our living room. It's absolutely beautiful. She's cheered me on from the very start. She's a very um, vibrant, radiant, lovely, lovely friend. Um, and so I would like to shout out to her. And then the second person would be Imogen Roberts. So I actually met Imogen and her husband, Al. They attended a first aid course in Geelong a couple of years ago or maybe even less, I can't remember exactly when, um, but they're a husband and wife duo on the surf coast. They've got a um, a business where they essentially make really, really nice beds. And Al's a chippy and Imogen is a um, marketing guru. She's very clever, creative, an all-rounder. And she has helped me a lot over the last 18 months or so Um with my business, being, uh, answering a few questions, helping me with a few creative things. And they've also just released their podcast as well called Talk Shop, which is tips for businesses. So very excited to continue to listen to that podcast as well. Oh, love it. I love the name, yeah. Talk Shop. Awesome. Yeah, it's cool, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Good. Well, we will add those to the show notes so that everyone else can uh, find these friends of yours and, and follow along. Thank you for being on the podcast, Nicole. I think that this is one of those ones that people need to listen to in terms of um, just upping their health or their knowledge of, of what to do in a um, an unfamiliar situation. Um, yeah, sometimes a life-threatening one. And I think the more confidence we can all have going into these uh, situations is better and try and remain calm. I mean, that's easier said than done. I think you're just amazing. I really do. And um yeah, I, I thank you for your support as well, Evoke. I think that's been the the most exciting thing too to um to come from it. We've been able to talk and do a podcast. So Yeah. No, thank you, Kimberly. You're such a huge cheerleader for all rural and regional Australia and for women in business. So um a huge thank you to you as well and for what you're doing for small businesses like Rhythm First Aid. Oh, thank you. It's easy to do. You all have amazing stories. Um, yeah, they're just all I'm doing is the platform for you to share. It's amazing. People need to listen to this stuff and um, who knows, it might give them either the confidence to go ahead and do something themselves or probably more importantly in this instant is um, sign up to one of your courses, book in um, maybe for a first aid kit, get one for Christmas. I'd love to see one under my tree if any of my yeah. family are listening. <laughs> Chris Kringles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't need just the generic voucher this year or the money in the envelope. You can, um, yeah, go and buy me a first aid kit. Thank you again. And, um, yeah, I look forward to uh, following you on Insta and, and seeing what other wonderful things you do. Wonderful. Thanks for having me on and looking forward to seeing the next guests on your podcast and looking forward to reading all about issue 11 for Oak. I know. It'll be here before we know it. <laughs> Yeah, very exciting. Uh, thank you, Nicole. No worries. Thanks, Kimberly. Chat soon. Now, before you take off with all that inspiration and knowledge, we'd love for you to leave a review on our podcast so that we can continue to amplify women's voices in the media. And if you have any questions, we'd like to celebrate a win. 
You can always connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Oak Magazine AU. I'm so glad we've met and that now you know a friend of mine. <laughs>